I ain't got no trust fund. Okay, see, for me, no job, no check. That's like all the other guys in the unit. At least most of us. So I'm playing cop now. <laughs> just a game. I'm just joking around. You always wanted to be Starsky or Hutch. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm so sick of this bullshit. What, what, I'm supposed to apologize for my family leaving me money? All I ever wanted to be was a cop. I get up early and I take it to the max every day. I'm the first guy through the door and I'm always the last guy to leave the crime scene. So you know what? Fuck you and fuck them and fuck everybody who got a problem with Mike Lowry. I love you, man. Fuck you, Marcus. I do. Cool. You're my partner. Shut up, shut up, man. Slow ass driver. Driving like a bitch. That's why I got to be all that. You know, I'll take me, you, me, and you off this fucking cliff. Keep fucking with me. Yeah. All right? Then it'll be what? Two bitches in the sea, huh? Is yeah. that it? Is that what you want? Shut up, man. My wife, no, I ain't no bitch. Yeah. I'm a bad boy. Bad boys, bad boys. What, what you gonna, gonna do? do? What you gonna do? Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by, so now uh, we are truly starting our month on Michael Bay, and uh, you know everything I told you about what movies we're covering and what we're going to do on the Patreon? Apparently that was all lies, because Mike just decided, <laughs> for once, I swear to God, this is not me changing changing our, our setup. Mike, but Mike had a very good idea, I will say that. So Mike, why don't you tell our listeners what your idea is? What are we What are we doing differently from here on out? Well, it's strange because I'm a proponent of less and that uh, the less I have to do, the better for this this enterprise. Um, not really doing that. We're just, I guess, shuffling the chairs on the Titanic around, <laughs> you know, putting them in a different spot, mm-hmm. have a different view. Hurt, hurtful, of our impending but death. true. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also the segment of the show that I have detested since day one, which is the uh, the best the what favorite mm-hmm. the masterpiece yep see even even just saying them out loud it's like what is the difference what what are we talking about here um i i came i texted you and i was like what what if we expand on that and this is I like my greatest awesome. this is my greatest podcast victory right here the thing that mike has complained about for a year now we're just about at our year anniversary of the show and he's mm-hmm. like you know that thing that i hated uh that was your idea i want to do more of that and and Mike's right. My first response was, "Who is this? Like, I, <laughs> who am I texting? Have I gotten the wrong number? I don't understand." So I should I should have really uh, ran with that too, so that I could be absent from uh, future episodes. I mean, like, oh, I've lost Mike's number. Uh, that that's gone now. So bring bring in the Australian again. <laughs> get get him back on board. Um, you know, you, maybe maybe you need to go international, Dave. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know what the podcast, the domestic market looks like, but maybe Australia is the ticket. We're doing the opposite. We're making we're getting it more and more narrow. I'm moving to Lexington. These are okay. the last this these episodes oh, are the yeah. last we're recording when I'm in California. So it's going to get real right. local real this quick. Is, 
now going to be the the old time Kentucky Radio Hour where we talk about Michael Bay. Um, so yeah, let me we, we've we've uh, held them in suspense long enough. Uh, my concern is. Uh, you know, a voice on the show, and also one of the the, the few that listen as well, <laughs> listening to myself, is uh, that I feel like sometimes when we get to the end with that segment, the, the wrap up, that you uh, you can end up repeating yourself, uh, or I guess just reminding dear listeners, like, hey, if you kind of zoned out, which why wouldn't you, <laughs> when we were talking about these films proper, uh, you know, I'll just give you like a cliff notes sort of summary of why I think it's the best favorite, and so why not just expand on that and have the uh you know the double features or however we line them up uh just be individual episodes so then you can have maybe a broader conversation uh about why something was received well uh initially not why something was financially success- successful and uh i guess it was a few of these things was michael bay uh <laughs> why they were not financially successful even though he's known as a, a money man so that's that i guess that's what we're doing here uh, and do you want to inter- introduce our uh, double feature for those uh, those people, those listeners like Hiro of True Romance Film Podcast <laughs> that never know what you're listening to? What are you talking even, about? Even though <laughs> the movies are there on your screen. Just look at your phone real quick. There it is. Yes. So we're going to start off this month with doing kind of his first and last. Um, so we're going to take a look at Bad Boys and Six Underground, uh, which is his Netflix movie. So if you have Netflix, feel free to check that out and come back to us. Um, and I think actually, you know, and, and we'll talk about at the end of this episode what's coming up next as far as what we're going to talk about with Michael Bay. But it ends up having some pretty interesting double features. Um, cause it's interesting cause Michael Bay, you feel like, well, I know who Michael Bay is. I know what he does, but there's, I think there's a little more variety maybe than he's given credit for. Um, but Bad Boys and Six Underground are kind of weirdly similar to me as I was thinking about it. Like it's kind of like a, it's a buddy movie. You know, one of them, you know, they're cops, obviously, and and the other one, it's you know, a bit more complex uh, than a buddy cop movie. Um, Overly complex. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and throw some some shade in here on this this Netflix original, which was just a huge waste of money for all involved, and a, and a lot of money. And like, if you're gonna make a movie that big and broad, like I don't know, maybe put it in a theater somewhere. Um, but <laughs> why would you? <laughs> Well, I mean, especially Netflix now, is, what's a theater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, to start talking off about Bad Boys, Bad Boys is, it's a movie I really, really liked, um, on release. It's something I saw in the theater and kind of runs almost completely on personality. Like it is a Will Smith, Martin Lawrence movie. So if you're not into those personalities, it's probably going to be a rough sit for you, especially now, because like this is, like, if I had to pick, okay, show me a 90s action movie, like, this might be it. Like, this feels like, this feels very dated. Like, it's still really enjoyable to me, mm. but I do have to kind of place myself in that headspace. Like, I don't think you could release this movie now and it not be kind of mocked for kind of the stereotypicalness um, of everything that's going on here. But it's still like an enjoyable sit for me. What did you think uh, of Bad Boys on Rewatch? Because I'm sure it's something you saw years ago. Yeah, this came out when I uh, I wasn't even a teenager yet uh, when this released theatrically, but I did. I, I remember seeing it, uh, you know, if not opening weekend, fairly close with my dad. Would you go see? You know, th- this was a father son, you know, 
cops and guns and cars flipping over like you know that's that's something that was easily um appealing i guess to both of us even though <laughs> i can't say at the time that i was like a big will smith fan like i i mean other than the fact that oh it's the kid from fresh prince wasn't this um, kind of a big change for him like this was this is not he i wasn't... feel like this is the one yeah like he he was obviously in feature films. Yes. Uh, Six Degrees of Separation was one I think from ninety three, ninety four, somewhere in there. Like you know, more art house type fare. Uh, but yeah, this was the one that really put him on the path for like Independence Day, which came the following year. Then Men in Black the following mm-hmm. summer. So you know, it starts the streak of elevating yeah. him <laughs> to yes, a uh, huge capital A uh, list movie star. Uh, but I you know that wasn't a selling point necessarily then. And it was interesting to me that you, you know, you're saying this is like the, uh, you know, the prototype for like 90s action falling right in the middle of the decade. Um, for me, it is, I, I get that um, because I, I I think as a kid, I probably thought like, oh, this was fresh and slick, you mm-hmm. know, in a way that I yeah. maybe wasn't used to from <laughs> uh, even something like Die Hard, end of the 80s, which is, or the Arnold movies, uh, Total Recalls, when we talked about like that sort of action movie, this feels different. But it also, I guess, with the Bruckheimer Simpson uh, influence here, uh, it does kind of harken back to uh, beats and character archetypes from like 80s, you know, action comedy. Uh, and in this case, you know, Martin Lawrence are really leaning into uh, him being I, I'm pretty sure he was the headliner when this came out of the two. And it's really interesting to see how he gets, I guess, de-emphasized as this becomes a trilogy that oh, goes yeah. on and Definitely. truly becomes a sidekick. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you're right. If you dislike the personalities of the two leads here, I, I don't know if there's going to be like an individual set piece that is going to pull you out and say, oh, this is the, like an all-time action movie. Because even those set pieces are filled with their running commentary on what they're doing as they're doing as bullets fly past them. So yeah, you it's it's solely uh, an actor's vehicle uh, in this podcast about directors. Yeah, good choice, <laughs> guys. Michael Bay. Well, it is. I mean, I, I think that's a great point, and it's as I, you know, before we switch the style of the show, I of course, like an idiot, like mainlined Michael Bay for like three days straight. Like literally watched every Michael Bay movie, all fourteen or fifteen of his movies, all the Transformers movies, all just mainlined them, and so. In watching all of his work, this feels, and this is like the strangest thing to say about Bad Boys, it feels remarkably subtle in comparison to what he does later. Like, even if you look at, there's that, like, constant Michael Bay trick of, you know, the the camera rotating around your star in a pivotal moment. And even that is, like, much more subtle likes here. Like some up the skyline. You yeah. Know, like, he wants them rising above you. You see that with, what, the Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. after the car chase in the San Francisco yeah, he he has his is not quite you know at the level obviously with any of his material. Spike Lee having his moment where the the character <laughs> moves in sort of a stationary position, <laughs> but it's as close as we're going to come to comparing Michael Bay to Spike Lee is that he has that that sort of one thing that he really likes to see over and over yeah. again that one shot. Yeah, but in this one, it's like. You know, it's almost, it's not as noticeable. And then if you look at like Bad Boys 2, if you, you know, if you look at the island, like all these other movies, it's much more like it's done more than once and there's more rotations. But here it's like, he's like, oh, can I get away with this? Like, all right, let me just, let me just put my thing in here and see if I can, I can let, I can let this go. And I see that's, I actually thought it was 
maybe done from a defensive position on trying to market comedic stars as like sexy action guys uh because you get a little bit of that uh with the, the rock which you know you're right before the our format changed it was gonna be bad boys in the rock because we're just going down chronologically so what what this will open up is uh you know i guess maybe more uh direct comparisons from a, a tone uh although the rock i think we could have made that work too because oh, yeah. he was sticking with buddy cop uh comedy there uh and also buddy <laughs> prisoner i guess uh that you know what we're doing with sean connery um but yeah i i think that you see a little bit of that with nicholas cage who is playing like decidedly in the rock someone who is not uh you know a, a gun guy you know he's the he's the, the tech nerd he's the scientist uh who forgets his gun uh here will smith his character's not like that at all. They keep talking about how he's like the superhero cop. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the the one that's he. Yeah, I think he has a line where he shows up like he's the first one in, last one out. Like takes his job very seriously when he is uh he's challenged on coming from a position of wealth, uh coming mm-hmm. from a you know financially, uh well, <laughs> a financially more comfortable background than Martin Lawrence's character, who is your everyman who uh is. I don't know, Dave. Would you say he's like Raymond from Everybody Loves Raymond? Like a uh, I mean, obviously, I, I think that's like, actually a great comparison. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but even you know, I, I, Michael Bay is one of those one of those directors. Uh, actually, like your favorite, Nancy Myers, who will never make a movie that doesn't put the money on the screen. Obviously, they do it in very different ways. But like even Martin Lawrence's house, like they they try and make it look like oh, you know, there's all these kids running around, there's all this mess. It's still still pretty nice. You know, it's still it's still a pretty nice place. Isn't the like, weird thing where he he lives across from like a gas station or something, like a CD. <laughs> like it's the one time I like was pulled out of the movie. I guess it's just for plot purposes, where it's like the bad guys have to be in close proximity to attack or be spying on them. And I'm like, yeah, this neighborhood looks like yeah, you've got kids' bikes, you've got them playing in the pool. Like it looks like you know some sort of suburb uh, outside of Miami. And then all of a sudden, you just look across the road, and it's like, oh no, this is uh, '80s bad guy uh, central, <laughs> ready to shoot you at the. Tree. Maybe that's why you got that, that nice house. To... Is like you know property values maybe aren't what they were in yeah. other places. Like it's fine. <laughs> property values. Uh, that's gonna be an issue with our our two uh, cop characters here, as far as wherever they are, uh, bringing mayhem and carnage. Uh, but it also goes back to this is is this as low budget as Michael Bay will ever get nineteen million dollars? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think you know the success of this movie and The Rock and Armageddon, like kind of all back to back at the beginning of his career, is probably why he never went back to anything that low budget again because he just didn't have to, and it's just like he kept making money for these studios, so they probably kept throwing gigantic budgets at him. And he, you know, for the man has some faults as a director, but. He uh he makes good looking and as a person, I believe. Well, yes, that is also true. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's ever been nominated as the nicest, yeah, most uh, progressive ask, uh, guy. Ask Megan Fox about what a nice dude uh, Michael yeah. Bay is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, so he definitely throws the money at the screen, and um, he's he's gonna go all out, and like I weirdly kind of respect it, uh, because like the man, he has like no gauge for limitations. He's just like. Yeah, let's do it. You know, like even if you look at, you know, a movie, I don't, uh, that we, are we talking about? Yeah, I don't think we're talking about Pearl Harbor this month, but that's a movie that has like an action sequence. Patreon, get out your money. Uh, there you go. I mean, that's a movie <laughs> that has your dollar bills. an hour and 10 
uh, minute action sequence in the middle of the movie with nothing else going on. Just because, like, yep, yeah, I'm Michael Bay and I'm going to do this. Like, he just – he really does go for it. Um, but uh, there's – this movie in particular, um, I think there's a lot of, like, leave your brain at the door stuff, um, as you would expect in a 90s action movie. The only stuff that, like, really rubs me the wrong way, and it's because I'm looking at now in 2020, is, like, the, like, mild gay panic stuff. Um, which isn't a surprise coming from Michael Bay and coming from a, you know, hyper masculine action movie. But this whole kind of running gag of like, you know, this woman who they're protecting, making the assumption that they're gay and their reaction to it. That's like, oh, oh no, 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 that's not what's happening here. He just I he just saved my life. That's why I have 19 pictures of him. And I was you're, like, you're wanting the, uh, the the Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that type of reaction where they, they, they have the gay panic moment and then they catch themselves. Uh, and have to throw that yes. in. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to get that with, you know, Martin Lawrence also, uh, that would not have fit with, you know, if you were uh, a fan of his particular comedic stylings, uh, nope. you would not expect uh, anything less than that reaction. Uh, I didn't take as much issue with it. Uh, well, actually, it's really like tied into the whole <laughs> kind of weakness of the plot for for me is the, is the Taylor Leone character in, in general, who is, uh, you know, Damsel in distress, but when she shows strength, she's unhinged. And like her, her being unhinged compared to these two, like idiots, who, like you know, like cannot stop bickering uh, with each other, even in the middle. And I know it's it's meant to play for laughs, but I, I don't know if I necessarily want to look at them as like, oh no, leave it to the professionals here because they have it <laughs> yes. all together. Like you, yeah. <laughs> young lady, shouldn't be handling a gun because you can't handle it. That's that, that's actually stuff that kind of ages poorly mm-hmm. uh, for for me, um, and I, it's funny because I think Taylioni, known primarily uh, for for comedy, especially maybe it was after this that she had a sitcom on NBC. I think it was after, um, yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, that they they actually have her. You know, she doesn't play like like likable, even in the moments where she's like needling them, trying to figure out like I know you're lying to me. Like just I just want you to like come up, own up to it. Uh, it has this, you know, kind of like buzzkill type thing, like uh, you know, here's here's a chick ruining the boys' fun again type thing that I I'm not really uh you know not not as into, and even then I don't think I was into it then because I was just like I would I want to see these guys take some shit and then have to try to work themselves out of it. Right, and and there's also a lot of moments like you know it, you never want to sit around and like pick apart the the plot machinations of uh, of an action movie cuz like that does take a lot of a lot of the fun out of it but there's so many right. moments in here with her character in particular where you're like is anyone this dumb like is anyone in the world this stupid like just like okay i could figure this out with the cops who have guns and know how to shoot and will protect me um or um i could just run away and do it myself even though i've never fired a gun i was like okay there you go. Look at this. Dave, super <laughs> Michael Bay fan is like, what an unhinged woman. You're the one who called her unhinged. How dare she? That is on you, my friend. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot I think of moments. That's the film. And I, you know, and I think, you know, it's not a surprise after watching all these Michael Bay movies that there's not a particularly strong female character. Like this is something that, you know, there's not much of an arc to Michael Bay's career in terms of his treatment of women in his movies. There's not a lot of... Thank you for listening this month. Good night. <laughs> We've wrapped this up. Uh, and I, and I think, and I don't blame Taya Leone for the, for this, for this performance. I just feel like there's not much for her to do other than panic. 
in this movie and become unhinged in a dangerous situation. Because this really is, you know, it's the Will Smith and Martin Lawrence show. Um, and she just kind of happens to be there. Like almost like it's Michael Bay kind of treats her as a prop in this movie, as opposed to like an actual human being who has interactions. Like maybe the only, the only real connection you get is when like she sees her best friend killed and you see like her reaction to this, like before the chase begins. Um, and that's like actually quite well done and, and, and it works. But like after that, then it just becomes like, okay. And now we get to the next set piece and the next quip and the next set piece. But like you, if you kind of throw that all out and just watch it like as an enjoyable action movie, I do think like, at least for me, that it still works and it, and it's, um, it's more balanced than something like bad boys too. Um, which just like kind of Michael Bay, like just got carte blanche to do whatever he wanted and it showed. And I think that movie suffers for it. Um, but this like, you know, because he probably only had $19 million to work with, it's his first movie, he probably has, you know, uh, Simpson and Bruckheimer over his shoulder a little bit, like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? So, like, you get a little bit more of that balance that I think Michael Bay kind of needs because there's a there's a bad movie enjoyment of Michael Bay movies that starts to happen later in his career because he can just go way over the top. Um, and I think he's at his best when he's working with some limitations, and he's he's got some here in his first movie. Guess what? He doesn't have uh, in the second half of this episode. Limitations. Mm-hmm. Netflix writes a hundred and fifty million dollar check and says, "Go nuts!" And all, all of us as film fans that uh, want the director's cut, stay out of their way. Let the artists work. Uh, how's that working out for us with <laughs> with the Netflix original oh, model? All right, so let's talk about Six Underground. What if I told you I know what happens when you die? You become a ghost, trapped in a shadow land, a world of whispers, invisible, except to other ghosts, orphaned, unable to return to those you loved. But with loneliness comes freedom (laughs) um this is a movie like i kind of desperately wanted to like like i was just like okay there's a lot of you know i'm I'm a (laughs) you think ryan reynolds needs a win here you think michael bay is you know dust them off we don't have a lot of you know you throw out comic book movies we don't have a lot of big budget action films anymore that's just not something you see in the theaters so when I get a big budget action film, I'm like, okay, this is something I really do enjoy. Like, let's, let's dive into this. I hope this is really good. And then I heard all these like <laughs> differing opinions from people I know, not necessarily about the movie, but about what I would think of the movie. Like, I think I had the same amount of people say, Dave, you are going to hate this as people are like, no, no, Dave, you are going to love this. So I was like, okay, what, <laughs> what is going on here? And like, I wish that one of those answers was true. Um, because then I would have some sort of reaction to it, like some strong reaction to it. And there's like moments here and there that are good, but I do think like Ryan Reynolds is horribly miscast here. Like I think it's, even though he's the most well-known actor in the movie, he's probably the weakest link in the movie. Because anytime you have Ryan Reynolds try to like access any real emotion besides snarky attitude, it just doesn't work. So when you have all the kind of backstory and him like coming to these people and bringing them on the team and like, really like getting down in the emotional muck and you're just like, no, I don't buy it. When are you going to, when are you going to crack your joke? 
So when the team like almost fractures and he's like, you know, he's having to rethink everything, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like none of this, none of this have, has, has a real impact here. Yeah, I checked out early on this. I, I, I couldn't make it through this on my, uh, you know, I like the first 15 or 20 minutes. Supposedly. That first like elongated action scene. Did that do anything for you or? No, 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 not in the slightest. I kept wondering why they thought I would care what number they were on this team and why they, they kept having oh. to go back. Like, hey, did you forget that this is number three? Who, it's who he's number three. gives a shit? Oh, my God. <laughs> so dumb. This, this one's the Skywalker of the group. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching him jump over buildings and do parkour. And I was like, wow, you were fucking 10 years too late on this trend. What What, what is happening? This Casino here? Royale, yeah, that was like the last time. I was also trying to get, you know, you said in Bad Boys, don't get into the weeds on the logistics of things. I'm like, is it better for a guy to just run and jump over buildings trying to keep up with a car chase? Because I'm like, I, you're you're on land, <laughs> you're on two legs. I don't I don't care how, I don't, you know, you're avoiding falling to your death. But I'm also trying to figure out what uh, what the plan is here, Charlie. If uh, if Ryan Reynolds is playing that that role that he's put all the pieces in play, uh, it. You know, uh, this is where I differ from, like, say, Bad Boys, where, yes, that is like two professionals. They're two cops, uh, but they're also, you know, street level. Uh, so when things go wrong and they have the comedic background that kind of like what you're saying with Ryan Reynolds and Bad Boys, they lean into their their sort of their their ability to riff where it just, maybe it feels like you just let Will and Martin Lawrence just kind of banter in a car and you're like we're just going to cut around and sort of insert that into the action sequence when we need a little a little hit for the audience um of, of charisma i guess and charm uh, it's replaced here i guess just by like the the premise is supposed to be so like cool i mean it seems it's not that far removed and this is like a criticism that is really old at this point especially like when it's aimed at like action movies so uh, you know, what used to be called like, oh, like I'm sure Bad Boys was accused in many uh, reviews of being like it's an MTV type movie as far as how it's <laughs> way it's cut together and looks like a music video. Uh, this one would be you can't shirk the fact that it's like this is like the opening of a video game. It's like a cut mm, scene that I can't mm-hmm. skip past and I just <laughs> want to be the dude running across the building or shooting or driving the car. But instead, I have to kind of put up with like subpar riding and, you know, it's just overly long. And yeah, I mean, it's so long. Oh you do see God. the you see the money on the screen for sure. I mean, I was yep. I was looking at this and thinking like, wow, uh, how unfortunate that this was designed to be played on your TV at home or on your phone or tablet, as opposed to this being a big summer release. Which mm-hmm. I think you hit it on the head. It, it wouldn't have made money. Like no yeah. one because you don't have enough star power. Uh, the, the premise you could put it on a poster, but they try to stretch out that in the first like 20 30 minutes the intro of like you know everyone thinks we're dead but we're not now we're free to do anything i'm like are you (laughs) you're still you're still flesh and blood walking through the streets like if someone hog ties you or handcuffs you you're you're found out man what you know you're the ruse is probably up they're gonna dig into you and don't you wish they didn't do so much work with that premise like just say it and move forward like because the more detail i get the more you're engaging my brain to pick this apart and it is not going to take long guys you know but just like it's a big dumb action movie and that's okay that has a place but just say like okay this is in this world that we've created we're dead uh and no one can track us go okay great 
Uh, but instead, it's like, oh, well, I was, you know, I was very rich. I, you know, I made this computer program and magnets and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, my God. I don't it's care. Like, uh, <laughs> appealing to the same people that think uh, Elon Musk is some sort of like Iron Man, like some sort of hero I mean, instead of just like uh, relatively like, you know, kind of dumb, like yeah. frat boy that just like is <laughs> overextended and only in our like <laughs> fucked up economics. Like, should he be that rich when really right. he like. You know, doesn't pay his employees well, doesn't make money, doesn't have really a fundamental understanding of the world around him other than what he's heard from his buddy Joe Rogan. What what are we, <laughs> you know, what, what are we propping up here? And it's weird. I, I really heard nothing about this. So it's, it's funny, like just pulling up. I just want the budget. I just want the numbers compared to bad boys. Uh, but seeing this little bit uh, where uh, Netflix said that it was viewed by like 80 million people in sure like the first, I don't know. Sure it month, was. But their metric is if you like what played it for thirty seconds, two minutes, or whatever. <laughs> like me, like I count it as like I don't know twenty five viewers for as long as I <laughs> I put up with it. Before I'm like enough, <laughs> enough nonsense. Uh, this is a waste of money, and you made I don't know you you could have made fifteen smoking aces, which is what this is, except smoking aces, mm. which is also I want to say a film that I don't really care for because I don't really like this sort of like nihilistic view of the world. Like I don't really right. get any thrill of it out of it. Uh, but at least in that film, there was a, a clear reason for the nonsense. And you're just counting mm-hmm. down to like put all the pieces in play. We have this one guy, gangsters are after him, law enforcement's after him, and they're all going to come together and shoot each other because there's a bounty on this guy's head. Six Underground, uh, there. I don't know which monologue it was or voiceover <laughs> from Ryan Reynolds. Where I'm like, what are what are you talking about, dude? What? All right, whatever. Who are you again? Are you six? Are you four? Uh, you'll tell me again. Give me ten more minutes. Don't you're worry. Remind me what your fucking number is. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a movie that, I mean, just in me as like an amateur looking at this, I'm like, I could cut 45 minutes from this movie. Like, there is so much unnecessary nonsense that, and it's so long. And this is a, I mean, to me, this is a weakness of Michael Bay as a director in general. Is the man is allergic to two hour and less movies. Like, he just, just like, and I think even Bad Boys is yeah, right at the two like, hour mark, and this one is just just above it. Uh, cause I, I thought, I thought for sure going back to rewatch bad boys. I'm like, Oh, this is like 95 minutes, right? No, nope. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. And I, I think I always put that on the, uh, you know, the jousting between Lawrence and Smith. Like, Oh, you know, maybe it's one of those things like, you know, Apatow's accused stuff where you, you fall in love with your actors and you know, th- they got you there. And in bad boys, it's like, if you want to let them riff for a little bit longer. That's fine. Cause that's the reason this movie works is these two guys ticks underground. I don't, I don't know other. I mean, was there another character other than Ryan Reynolds that you like enjoyed their what they brought to the team or what they're? No, <laughs> you didn't even enjoy really... Ryan Reynolds. I mean, here, so I mean, that, that's just the name that I'm throwing yeah, out there. Yeah, um, because there's there are there are plot points that like I could imagine working um, if it's better cast, if it's better written. Like you have this like you know, this running like sexual romantic relationship with two of the members of the team that could have been fun, but it just, it just didn't really work for me. And then, I mean, I guess you have the, you know, the parkour, uh, character, you know, doing some cool shit on rooftops. Like that's kind of fun, but in terms of, then then there's a moment later in the movie where they have to like essentially make a decision whether to save him or leave him for dead. Um, and I think actually, you know, you bringing up this idea of like, are you guys really safe uh, because you're dead? I mean, that could have been kind of an interesting moment if if they set something up like, 
if somebody dies on the job, we have to like, we have to get rid of the evidence. Like we, we can't leave them here. And then that puts the team in a little bit more danger, but instead it became this like weird morality play, um, between two of our lead characters. Like you have your, you know, your, um, your armed forces sniper, uh, who just joined the team and, and kind of decides like, no, no, we should all know each other's names and we should all be friends and hold hands. And then you have Ryan Reynolds characters like, no, no, dead. Don't care. Let's move on. But so that stuff didn't really work for me. Like, it's just like, because Ryan Reynolds, like, he has made his career on being funny and being snarky and has never really fit, even though he fits physically the leading man type, he doesn't fit that, like, as a personality. So this movie tries to have both. It tries to have him cracking jokes here and there, and some of them work and some of them don't, and that's fine. But then it also has him try to be, like, the hard edge leader, like, no, this is the way things work. And none of that works for me. Like, watching him try to pull that off, like, I felt embarrassed for him. Like, I was like, why? No one's buying this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I can't imagine watching this movie being like, oh, wow, he's really, really taking a stand here. He's really tough on this. Like, uh. Maybe maybe if there was just more sort of consternation in his uh, dealings with his, his numbered crew uh, or just more sense of fun. Like, you know, he's not – he's not <laughs> – craggy old joe from reservoir dogs where he's just like so put upon like no no <laughs> like i got this other guy with this color code name on another job i've got, like you imagine this old man has post-it notes in his little, <laughs> little office and he's like no it's set in stone this oh, is the God. way it is <laughs> and ryan reynolds i guess there's an element of that but i also think one of the biggest drawbacks of uh michael bay and it's it's this is the part where i'm going to defend this format change is going from first to last year so the, the next episode i believe and we won't reveal the the name just yet but i believe we're going with the best reviewed and mm -hmm. the the worst uh so using using some sort of metric rotten tomatoes although and, <laughs> let me tell you with michael bay you have your pick on well the and also with, like honestly if you had told me that these two movies were the best and worst reviewed i might have believed you like if the first bad boys was the best and this was the worst, I'd be like, yeah, that fits too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. there is no bottom when it comes to Michael Bay and reviewed movies. So, <laughs> lots of options. But I, I do think like he uh, he drifted with with bad boys by casting two two gentlemen who were known for uh, their comedy work, uh, primarily in I guess TV at that point. Uh, that mm -hmm. it, I, I, it worked there where you're trying to like identify these guys as like no no they're we're putting them in an action movie and like you know this can be like sexy and you could you can aspire to be these guys you came in thinking you're just gonna laugh six underground with ryan reynolds uh we have totally dropped his sort of charisma and what he is primarily known for being kind of snarky and fun while also being incredibly handsome because it's like michael bay like i don't know if he sees that as a weakness he sees mm -hmm. like having uh, the the ability to be maybe self-effacing as like being too. I'm just going to use probably Michael Bay's presumed terminology here. Just being too pussy for his mm -hmm. characters. Like I can't have that. Like this is the guy with the guns. He's the one that. Mm -hmm. And it it made me uncomfortable. Like I already you know, I did my little mini like what I think of the the guy that has brought uh, Tesla uh, cars <laughs> across the country. Everyone has one. Uh, my oh, yeah. you know I I'm not I'm not necessarily like as enthused with like. Uh, rich guy privatizing like war on crime knows better, and so ju really just the premise of this. Especially when you're going and our, killing our... a bunch of brown people too, it is a little like. Yes, mm. yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> I, I'm not coming in saying like, oh, the government, uh, you know, just just mind your p's and q's because that's not working either. But it's like I also am like I'm not 14 and I don't get most of my information from YouTube, so I don't think this premise. I'm immediately thinking of it as a fucking joke, 
and I kind of want bad things to happen to our hero. So I'm not the I'm not the target audience for this, unfortunately. Just the premise alone. Yeah, and this idea you brought up about like the the humor of Michael Bay, like you know, you have you have Bad Boys, which definitely like utilizes humor. But as you were talking about like self-effacing humor, it just it just made me think that like I think. What Michael Bay, his humor, like the thing that he reacts to is probably more of like the roasting culture, you know, like, yeah, the, and that's yeah. what you get in bad boys, you know, you're driving slow enough to drive Miss Daisy, like all this stuff and them kind of going at each other. Whereas this, you know, this character who's maybe like, you know, talking trash about himself, he's like, nah, not interested in that shit. Like, nope, that's not funny. That is weak. Uh, no we self-respecting to... <laughs> man would ever do that. Right. No, no, Absolutely. Can't have it. Yeah, and the thing that's crazy about this movie to me is that it is a movie full of big action sequences, and I just watched this recently, and I'm, like, trying to pick out something that's, like, truly memorable, and, like, except for maybe the death of the driver in that opening sequence, that's maybe it, and none of the action sequences are bad. Is that supposed to be funny? Was that supposed to be like, um, look at no. all the shit they went through and this mm. random forklift where the, <laughs> whoever was in charge was not following, you know, OSHA regulations of having, <laughs> having the forks up. What is this in a parking lot? Like what sort of dangerous thing have we set up here? Yeah, I definitely didn't take it. I mean, God, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did think it was funny. Um, that is not how I took it, <laughs> but it's totally possible. I mean, I took it as like, you know, taking the wind out of the audience's sails a little bit. Like you have this long, you're like, oh, they're going to get away. They got to get away. They've gone through all this. And then this happens. And then it sets up kind of the, the most stakes you're going to get in a movie like this, where you're like, oh, not everyone on the team is untouchable. You know, someone actually might die, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but it's, but it's hard to, it's hard they to kill James Franco's brother. <laughs> yeah, they it's, it's hard to buy into this, not only because it's Dave Franco, how dare you, but uh you don't know any of these characters. So like. You know, especially this one in the movie. The fifth listed <laughs> actor from 21 Jump Street. Oh, my God. My, <laughs> my whole world is Usually shaking. this is viral. You are so mean today. This is great. Um, but, yeah, so I didn't take it as – but then I start thinking about it now that you said it and kind of the way it happens. It does kind of feel like a joke. Uh, but like most of the jokes in this movie, it just doesn't land. Like it just – you know, I – but yeah, these, you know, I guess the action sequence on the boat is probably supposed to be the most memorable one, uh, with the kind of magnet aspect, but I just, none of them, like I, I have no, and this is, this separates it from most Michael Bay movies for me is that I have like no desire to like even go back and like check out some of the action sequences. Like there are some movies of his that are legitimately bad, but you're like, oh, but there's this one 10 minute sequence that's so amazing. You have to see it. Uh, and not here. And I don't know how much of that is because I didn't see it in a theater because I watched it on a tablet at home. I mean, that could play a part. But, like, man, Dang. it was rough. 83 million people watched this. They so watched five minutes of it. Has, <laughs> <laughs> you know, surely this will have some sort of pop culture relevance as far as these sequences. I mean, I, I'm thinking this has got to be like Butch and Sundance debating <laughs> on whether or not to jump. 83 million people can't be wrong right <laughs> netflix has told us this is like if this i always hate this if this was released in theaters think how much money it would have made uh you know how easy it is to <laughs> click on a button at home like i don't even have to get dressed it, it would have <laughs> like it's just... the island i don't know I, you know yeah. it would have even done the hitman's bodyguard because at least then you're getting ryan reynolds and sam jackson together right that's a hook you know this, and... the, the, i'm a ghost i'm not really a ghost and here's my number again 
Who gives a shit? Yeah, and and I was you, I was cursing you <laughs> as I always do when I'm like hate watching something and like then wondering how Dang. much time. Like I keep hitting the like the the button on my Apple TV remote, see how much longer it is, and I'm like, God damn, this fucking podcast. This and I, I was reveling in if I if I had my phone around, I, I should have reached for the the tweets that you got, the hate tweets of like, why are you talking about Michael Bay next month? Because those were the people I was just like, yes, yes, this this is why. Because 83 million of the, the blue-collar folk out there just fucking love Six Underground. They love it so much. Yeah, it's, you know, and you bringing up this idea of, like, even if it did, like, let's let's lie to ourselves for a moment and <laughs> think that that many people actually watch this movie. Um, One, people are fucking stupid, Mike. One of the Madagascar sequels is one of the most successful movies ever made. It doesn't make it a fucking good movie. It's like... It's is that really like, true? Yeah, it's, I think it's... Two or three, yeah. I only know because, like, Letterboxd has these, like, lists of, like, here's the top 50 of all time, and that's, like, the one I haven't seen. I was just like, what? (laughs) That, oh, Jesus, here we go. Like, I just... I'm going to get that the auteur was on the podcast. We we (laughs) must figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, man, I I really, you know, because I, as I mentioned, like, I do, I do enjoy, like, a good, dumb action movie, but this, like, just, like goes in that middle ground where it tries to have something to say and it tries to explain itself a lot. Um, and I'm like, ah. and it's weird for Michael Bay to not understand his audience in that way. Like usually, even if I don't like his movies, I'm like, okay, I see what you're going here, going for here. I could see, you know, people going during the summer and watching this movie, but this is one of those that I'm like, I don't know who this is for. And I don't, and it, and it's not like, it's not like this is a Michael Bay passion project, you know? I mean, this is, you know, like there are other bad movies that he's made that I'm like, okay, you know, you clearly cared about that subject and you wanted to go there. Um, you know, whether it's like, you know, the Benghazi movie, like he really wanted to make that fine. Uh, but this is just like, it was like they just flushed hundred million dollars down the toilet. And it was just like, I, I can't imagine ever going back to this and I can't imagine someone like a really caping for this movie and being like, no, no, this is the Michael Bay movie you need to see. Hey, it worked for the Irishman. That was another $150 million down the toilet. Uh, and, uh, (laughs) I tell you what, man, like on that note, uh, some of the fans, the Irishman might like to know LA Noir is uh, 50% off on, uh, PlayStation right now. They're doing their, (laughs) their like days of play sales. (laughs) So if you want to (laughs) see the original Irishman, go check that out. I think that was like 2010. That was peak PS3 technology. <laughs> All right, that, Mike. Uh, Scorsese finally got around to. <laughs> I've had enough of you, sir. <laughs> so, um, so Mike, do you know uh, what we're doing for our next episode? Um, the one that I know what really... I want to do. <laughs> okay. And how dare you, sir? It was Madagascar Escape Two, the number two Africa in there, <laughs> which I love. I, I love when you know, too fast, too furious is coming up on the podcast and I, I love uh love when they put the numbers in the titles like that. So this guy, Eric Darnell, was the director of the Madagascar. So this is what uh, you were trilogy. looking at. I was like, what is Mike researching? Yeah, while, while you were talking. talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here here's the tragedy of life though. You're you're a man that makes one of the most successful movies of all time. Uh and what do you get? You get to direct Madagascar three and Penguins of Madagascar in two thousand fourteen. But uh, that's it, man. He's not been given the reins. Where, where's the, the Netflix money? Where's <laughs> the love for, for Eric Darnell of uh, Madagascar fame? 
Escape to Africa, Dave. Escape. I'm glad you have found your uh, your passion here to <laughs> really represent the the directors who have been screwed by Hollywood after making the Penguins of Madagascar. Oh, his, his co-director uh, start got to start on Cool World. Do you remember Cool World? I do. With Brad Pitt. I remember liking that movie, but I saw it when I was a teenager, and it's one of those movies that I'm like, would I like that if I watched that again? Maybe not. <laughs> Because it does not have a good, oh. uh, good, uh, good representation. Some sort of parting of auteurs, the uh, the the, the <laughs> from the Madagascar saga, because the other director went on to do the Boss Baby and the Boss Baby Two coming oh, in 2021. Goodness, someone. All of this, I I can get into this stuff. Whereas Six Underground, Ryan Reynolds just blathering <laughs> on numbers and ghosting and all this nonsense zoned out completely but you bring up madagascar too and i'm in i want to know why how anyway what are we doing next the rock's one of them yes the rock is one of them that will be the part that makes you happy i'm sure so the next episode we are doing as mike mentioned earlier we're doing kind of the best and the worst uh, of michael bay so it will be the rock and transformers last night um that's night night with a k This is the biggest flaw in executing this plan, this format change for this one. Your plan? I had totally shifted. I had shifted all, just Transformers, generically, as the Patreon episode. And now we have to get hyper-specific to uh, a Transformers movie that I had not seen. I've seen it now. Yeah, well, there we go. But I'll Uh, save my thoughts for this (laughs) next week when I talk about the Madagascar trilogy, when I no longer want to talk about the (laughs) plot of Transformers. All right. So that is it for this episode. Um, if you would like our bonus episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash a podcast directed by. And Mike, why don't you tell people, uh, as you take a drink, <laughs> um, what we're going to sure. be covering on, on Patreon this month. Well, I believe, uh, this was the, uh, sort of the pact I made with you because when I, initiated the uh the change the structure of the show you said this is just so you can avoid having to watch all 14 hours of pearl harbor uh which would be nice um but we will be covering that one because as i i think i checked earlier today it's still on hbo so Uh it's free at least for me i've already paid for it so i might as well watch at least 30 (laughs) minutes of it and uh then talk about it for 40 uh and then the other one is the island which i already watched in preparation for this podcast so might as well. How about that, Patreon? Yes, so that's what you get for Doesn't Patreon. Doesn't that sound enthusiastic? <laughs> Sounds great, Mike. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, and if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, uh, go ahead and follow us at DirectedByPod.